This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, good evening and welcome to Green and White, back for a new season. For the first time we've ever launched it for the start of the season. Previously we've always done it mid-season. Thank you so much for joining us. As I think we're all quite excited. We've got less than a month now until the season starts. Uh, we only have a small uh, group of people here tonight. It's myself and we also have Sam. Hello. And we've got Louis. Hello. I should say, we are recording this while um, Ryan Lowe is addressing the Cornish Supporters Association. And there are some tasty comments coming out of that. Uh, the selection would be what? Danny Mayer better than Kerry and Lemiras, which is a very bold statement. I can see where he's going with that. Ryan Taylor can get 20 goals a season if he listens. I can see where he's going with that. Was there another one too? Well, those are the only ones I've seen so far. But well, I think there, we... were, there would one. Carry on, Lee. I say if we if we keep the tweets just on the side while we're recording this, I'm pretty sure we'll find something else in a minute. Yeah, true. There, there, yeah, was, a true. The, there was a bit about the two 17-year-olds that are going to come in as well, who are very oh, yeah, good, yeah. promising young it. players. But um, I mean, there was one from Hallett, which um, <laughs> kind of seemed to um, be meant to be re- reassuring, but <laughs> given how some of our fans are, may have come across a little bit the opposite. It said, we've got a very good chance of making the of um, of making the playoffs based on the budget alone. I feel some people will say that, well, well that's the bare minimum we should be doing is, is making the playoffs. You know, I kind of feel that um, it was meant to be very much a reassuring statement, but it might actually actually suppress expectations for some people a little. Hang on, I just want to see that, because, I mean, I've got an immediate take on what you might be referring to there. Hang on. We've got a very good chance, based on the budget alone, of making the playoffs. It gives us a good is that, probability. Is that the quote? That's the quote, yeah. Which I think, yeah, okay. I can see why he's going. He's trying I mean, to be reassuring, a... but that might actually no, worry more No, that says to me one thing. That, that says to me top seven budget, at least, which is reassuring, because last time we were in League 2, we had a... It was somewhere between 10th and 15th that Derek... The budget was somewhere between 10th and 15th that Adams got us promoted with, playing budget-wise. Yes, the, the figure or, that was Or at least it's bandaged. widely considered to have been... It was, it was banded around to be that in 15-16 and to be a little bit higher in 16-17, but still not enormously higher. It's the general consensus, in that, but Tell it's me better. I think it's one of the things we discussed. I remember Fraser and I were really picking up on this point while Sam was being a right downer. Um, uh, was Right at the end of last season was that we're coming into this season totally different to the way we left last season in the sense that 
yeah, we are going to be a team with the right to compete right at the top of League Two. Whereas when we left League Two last time, we were punching above our weight, at least financially speaking. We had good players, but financially speaking, we weren't. I think the, the budget um, was spread. The budget was spread across pretty much Graham Carey, wasn't it? Like we, we put so much, we put so much into a few players, and then the rest of it was kind of spread among the rest of the squad. I think. And mm. um, yeah, but I mean, even then, it was a small budget. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we've never really had that much. Jordan Slew. Jordan Slew. Ryan Donaldson. I'm pretty sure I just mispronounced Ryan Donaldson. Yeah, you very much did. Yeah, <laughs> garbled that. <laughs> Jimmy Spencer. Is he there? Yeah, yeah Spencer. Goodwillie was the other big earner. Oh yeah, I saw something. I saw, I saw something on uh, earlier earlier today. That apparently, uh, Goodwillie was on five k or something like that. But no, that ca- no, I I can't believe that because Carey was apparently on three k, and they awful. wouldn't have paid Goodwillie more. But I mean, this the, is pure um, speculation. Carey's alleged three k contract came after Goodwillie left. He signed that in summer twenty seventeen. Goodwillie left in January twenty seventeen, so he could yeah, well good have point, good point. could well have been on that. Should we get back to the topic at hand? Yeah. yeah. So, where did we leave it? I think last we left, I think, was before before the exodus. Um, since So, I mean, Carey's gone. Ladapo's gone. Lemire's gone. Front three, gone. Quite, I mean, it really is ripping up the Adams era. It's totally... Ne- barely any carryovers. And of those... Of the players we carry over, what? Riley, Sawyer... Ryan Taylor, Canavan, Connor Grant, Joel Grant, Smith Brown. Dyson, Smith Brown, Moore, Wooten. The majority of those signed last season. Yeah. The vast majority of those signed last season. You're only looking at Ryan Taylor and Gary Sawyer as proper, you know, Adams players. Mm, Joel the Grant. Compl- Joel Grant. I'd probably. Oh, add. oh yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. And I'll give you Joel Grant actually. And those Sarsen are the Mitchell yeah. Sarsen, they're the only four really, aren't they? Out of a squad of what's going to be 25 to 30 by the end, when all said and done, those are probably the only real four who are proper Adams players. True, true. Is, yeah. So, I mean, we've got a whole new squad. No, no matter what happens now, we've got a whole squad for Ryan Lowe to shape, and with only three players coming in and all those players leaving, we are, I mean, it's, we're a long way from being done yet. It, I'll tell you what's been gone. I was saying, it's surprisingly, like, when we had the that flurry of transfers with... Um, well, I say Flurry, Mayer and um, Ameton coming in one after each other. I thought it would. I thought that whole week we'd just be signing players, but it, it kind of shut off quite quickly. And um, with the first preseason game, as of as of recording this, being tomorrow against Truro, I am very surprised we haven't done anything else as of yet. Anyway, I know there's still about a month to go before the season starts, but you'd think you'd want the majority of your squad in place before you start your preseason. Yeah, in theory you would. And what so we've got? So we've got Truro on so tomorrow, as of recording. Uh, Parkway on Saturday, then Torquay the following Tuesday, and a bit of a break. But you you'd expect more players to be in, you know, before the majority of these preseason games, wouldn't you? You'd hope so, wouldn't you? You'd hope there are going to be at least another two or three coming in over the next week, really, wouldn't you? At least. I mean, we we definitely. I mean. Because okay, so with the three games in the week in the next seven days, obviously you've got Truro Park, like I said, Truro Parkway and um, Torquay. By Torquay, you really want to see your first team starting to come together because Torquay is your first proper test. They're a national league side. Yes. Yeah, they they they're going to give us a proper good go. Well, I think Paul, yeah, Paul Watts Truro is going to try and give us a bit of a go. I think in maybe maybe just to spite us a little bit, but 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like in seven days' time, we have got Torquay. That's obviously your first sort of major preseason. It's not even major, but it's one. It's your first sort of big preseason test. Yeah. You, you'll want to have a pretty good idea of what your team's going to be by that point. And obviously, what I think is a week later, Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Oh well, ten days later after Torquay, because you've got the tour in between in Spain, which obviously we're going to be playing Wimbledon and then Bristol Rovers after that. Oh right. Okay. Sorry, I had the idea the wrong way around. I thought it was Rovers then Spain, not Spain no, then Rovers. No. Okay. Cool. So okay. So yeah. Point being is that in the next seven days, you've surely got to see another what three players come in. Because it's, it's, it's say you say you're picking your your Ryan Low team right now. I mean, you're thinking about how I can fit last season's players into this team rather than who is my best team. Yeah. You know, you, you, what we do, I think we we'd all agree that we need another centre back. We need obviously, at the very least, the keeper to compete with Cooper, if not a first choice keeper in their own right. We need another first choice striker, possibly Telford, five uh, fifty thousand pound bid in apparently. Um, well, we need another attacking mid because we you know we've lost. We don't know. The thing is, with the attacking mid, is you've got Danny Mayer as obviously the standout player on yeah. that on that left hand on that left hand one. On the right, there is no there is no standout option at the moment. I don't think we've got a lot of players that you know could play there, but there isn't anyone to me that stands out right now in this squad that should start there. And it's the same for striker. I I definitely be obviously starting Taylor, but the other striking position you could go, you could go Joel Grant, you could go Callum Dyson, you could go Alex Fletcher, but I don't think any any one of them really screams should be starting. So the, you know, is it the same with goalkeeper Cooper? I'd be happy to start, but. Again, you want you definitely want another option because I don't think I don't think you're allowed to play one keeper, right? <laughs> yeah, we definitely need um definitely need a bit more. Uh, definitely need a bit more than um just Cooper. Obviously, I'm happy for him to start. Uh, by the way, I wasn't typing, Nick. I was, I was clicking an emoji, but yeah. Um, anyway, we Sam, I can hear you typing. And on top of that, right, you left a message in the group, you muppet. Of course you're typing. Well, yeah, well, earlier. Yeah, ages ago. Eight minutes ago. Not anymore. Anyway, yeah, so go, going back <laughs> eight, eight minutes ago. Um, you can, sorry, sorry. I, all of everyone on this podcast, everyone listening to this podcast, um, they all heard the frantic typing of Sam's keyboard there. We could all hear it. What, like just a minute ago? Yeah, that's right. It either it takes you a, a stupidly long amount of time to find an emoji, or you are typing a message. Oh uh, no! Well, I, it must have just been the fact. That okay, back on topic. Anyway, well, well, we did say we were going to respond <laughs> to the press conference in real time, and that's yeah, what no, that's what you've got a phone yeah, but... for. You've got a phone for that. <laughs> okay. Just, honestly. Anyway, so... I need to get my. I need to sense myself out in a minute. <laughs> oh dear. So we need more players. Yes, I'm more than happy for Cooper to start, but we need obviously a um. We need obviously a, go- a goalkeeper as well, definitely to, to give him competition. I'm not necessarily um, particularly of the belief that we need to sign a really good goalkeeper who's going to come in and be obvious first choice. I'm happy to sign someone a little bit weaker if it gives us more room for the budget in other areas. Realistically, we're not going to sign two really. Obviously, the, the three players we've signed so far, Edward, Lameson, and especially Mayer, are good League Two signings on paper. We're probably not necessarily going to get two players of that quality in every position, when in fact we're certainly not. So if we are going to lose quality in some areas, I'd more than happily sign a weaker goalkeeper to compete with Cooper rather than someone of the quality of Frankie Fielding or, you know, Joe Murphy, who would obviously come in as a big clear first choice. I'd be happy to have someone who's more of a competition option. Yeah, and like for, for me, the key here is we need to get another top attacking mid, right? Yeah. Yes, we do. It's, So if you look at the, you look at the players to get into 
you know, Barry's the, the lead two team of the season. From Barry, you've got the goalkeeper and the two attacking mids. And they also both made the top three. You know, they were absolutely critical to the way Barry played. Those two basically created everything. They were the heartbeat of the side. You, you know, what you're looking at is, uh, Mayor in particular, right? You get the ball into them, they draw in the defence, and then you've got your two wingers at wing back pushed up, you've got your two strikers in attacking position. You know, they draw the players in, Mayor in particular, and then they slot the ball through to those. And, you know, it's by creating that space, and then you're know, obviously running on and creating their own things themselves, but it's principally by creating the space for the others that, you know, Barry created so many, you know, big chances, and that's why they scored so many goals. And, and at the moment we've got either Sarsovic who's just simply not good enough with the ball compared to the likes of um, Jay O'Shea he's just not as good with the ball He's he, for me he's more likely to play in the wing back position because I just can't see him being good enough he's, he's not going to dictate the play well enough he's not going to split defence well enough mm-hmm. unless he really steps up based on his last two and a half seasons I um, um, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing um, or at least trying if we don't get anybody else in I wouldn't mind trying Conor Grant there I think he's more suited to one of the to the one of the wide positions, or maybe in the deeper midfield position. But if push comes to shove, I think that Grant could maybe do a job there. If if that's the, um, I think Grant could be back up there. It, again, he, he's one of those players that's got the versatility to be able to to play in multiple different positions, and it seems like that's going to be quite useful in this system as well. There's obviously there's a lot of moving, a lot of chasing the ball down once we lose it. I think players are going to be out of position from time to time, and having players with that you know versatility, it's you know going to help a lot I think Grant could in theory play or we've got obviously we mentioned just then central Connor Grant or Joel Grant I, was, I thought we were talking about Joel Grant sorry I thought we were talking about Joel Grant to be fair oh you um, muppet I was going to say I was, I was thinking I could well, Joel Grant in, Joel Grant <laughs> can you tell it was going to be Connor Grant for, couldn't you tell for a mile away Lou's been talking about Connor Grant in attacking midfield for months yeah I'm, I'm a big Connor Grant yeah. fan it, well, it's, it's, it's mainly I think again he's one of our having lost Carey and Fox, we need someone who can take a set piece. And from mm. what I saw last year, Conor Grant's got a set piece in him. And on top of that, Mayer didn't. Re- I'm not sure. No, I don't think Mayer took set pieces at all last season. Yeah, so I think I think it's crucial to have someone who can who's quite proven with the delivery to, to have in the team. Uh, yeah, Mayer's not really a great specialist. deliverer of the ball, is he? he he's a. How would you know that, Sam? Well, from from your watch, from watch your many article, highlights from your article, basically. Um, I don't believe the, I meant. I don't believe I mentioned his set pieces in the article, Sam. Well, you mentioned. I think you're drawing he, influences. You mentioned the fact he's more of a passer than a crosser. So he doesn't really get very many crosses in. You definitely mentioned to that effect. So no, I didn't. You did. I'm sure it did. I didn't say he's a passer or a crosser. I said he's a dribbler. Okay. Well, either way, he doesn't get a great deal of crosses in. Um, I feel like I'm a... I couldn't comment on his crossing delivery. You don't see it very often. It might be that he couldn't. He can take set pieces. They are best set piece takers last season. What I can tell you is that he didn't take set pieces for very last season. Adams. Uh, Nicky Adams, that is, and Jay O'Shea took them predominantly, and I can't remember who took them from uh, swinging in on the left foot. They might not have had him. I can't remember. Okay, um, so maybe he's not a bad crosser then that we that we know maybe. of. Maybe, but, but he, okay. Well, I guess what it could actually be then going from that is it we might not have anybody as good as Jay O'Shea or Nicky Adams, so you might end up taking them on that basis yeah. on the fact that I think Nicky Adams was the main one. And, and I should say, Barry scored a lot of goals from set pieces last season. Ameson, I think, was their top centre-back scorer. But, I mean, it, it, was a bit, it was a bit like watching Gareth Southgate's England at the World Cup. Mm. Yes, we could attack well. But at the same time, they very much took advantage of the fact that they had a lot of height from set pieces. You know, three big, strong, good centre-backs, uh, centre good at attacking the ball. And they got a lot of goals from... I think they got more than 10 goals, as I remember, from set pieces, which... We, 
Oh, far more. I mean, more than 10 goals from centre-backs going up set-pieces. And when you think about Ryan Lowe free-flowing attack, you don't really think, oh yeah, centre-backs scoring headers from corners. But that's, what, an eighth of their goals all season? The more chances you get, the more shots you have, the more chances you're going to get up from uh, from corners. And if, Exactly, if, yeah. If when you're got... firing them in, you know, save deflection going behind, that's a lot of set-pieces. Take advantage of them. We've always had a, we've always had a threat from set-pieces because Edwards was quite handy from, from corners and uh, before that we had Sonny Bradley and then uh, Peter Hartley and Curtis Nelson were both you know pretty handy in the air as well it does help to have a, a player like that in the end I haven't seen much of Will Ameson but you just said he scored a fair few from, from corners or something yeah I think he had four last season which was the most four in league maybe five overall I think and then he also he assisted a couple so their first goal of the season for example was a uh, cross to the back post that Ameson headed across for um Cameron's name is striker that he barely that barely played for him to tap in but it's like he also had the most assists from set pieces in terms of you know heading on flicking on compared to the other centre backs I'm going to say that mainly went through those three centre-backs, most of the set-pieces then, in terms of either scoring or flick-ons, essentially, then. Yeah. Oh, no, I think most scoring would probably be uh, the strikers Maynard and Telford, probably, because they, they were quite mobile. Oh, yeah, and sort of Maynard's sport. a big lad, isn't he? Yeah, so he would have had to get a few. Yeah, It wasn't even really... As, as, as I remember, again, because I am flashing back through all these... Through like, And I have watched them all about six times now, analysing the new signings. But, um, yeah... From what I'm remembering, for example, we're not talking Maynard like winning the header and scoring so much as you know being there on the line to get it in. A bit like Ladapo against Bradford, for example, he scored yeah. two very close range headers, which were less about you know his his aerial prowess and more about being on the move and getting to the ball very close to the goal and flicking it in. Mm-hmm. Like te- if we sign Telford, I'm halfway through writing the analysis bit, so I very much hope that we do because it'll save. It'll mean I'm wasting my time. You'll see that he scored quite a few near-post-headed flicks, even though he's tiny. Guy's small and fast, and yet he scored a lot of headers. So he'd be a good one, really, to have. Because even though he didn't get a great many goals, he got quite a few more assists. Am I right in saying that or not? No, he got 14 goals and four, five assists. Six assists, maybe seven. Oh, I'm thinking of only his league. He only got six in the league. Yeah, like in the league, he's seven and four. Yeah. Okay, so it's still not, not a great many assists either. So I know this is kind of veering a bit off the topic then, Nick, but what I know you've probably researched a lot more than me. Berry fans really quite Have you like... researched at all? Well, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a little, little read <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was just... Berry like fans... I'm going to stay quiet and just stay out of this, I think. So Berry <laughs> fans really quite like Dom Telford, by all accounts. They, they quite rated him as a big part of their team. But he did, didn't really get a great many goals or assists for a striker who played as many games as he did in the league. So was, what what role did he play? Why was he, why, was he, a, was he fodder so for Maynard? Thing, was big, he a... No, a big thing to know is that yeah. Maynard aside, he like Maynard started all of them. Low rotated strikers a lot. And I, 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 I couldn't tell you why. I'd guess it was probably for preference based on the opposition. So, for yeah. example, and, and, you know, I think Telford didn't start more than four in a row. It'd be... They're playing batches, so you'd have, I think it's Byron Moore was one, then you'd have Keelan Lavery, and then you'd have Telford, and then even earlier in the season you had um, O'Grady, I think O'Grady is the other strike they had earlier in the season who left. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like, the reason he scored fewer in the league was because he'd started far less, he played far more as a sub than anything. Um, Maynard was your constant, then you had a rotation of the strike partner. When he did play, um, you know what, if you want, I'll actually get the, hang on a sec. Give me a moment. His um, when he did play, his his uh, his what do you call it? His his actual conversion rate 
was yeah. very similar to Maynard's. His shots on target rate was better than Maynard's, and his goals per minute isn't that far away from Maynard's. So his lower goal return is more a result of fewer minutes. But at the same time, you'd be right in saying... Evidence, and by evidence I mean watching every single highlight he's appeared in, suggests that he is also pretty... I'd, I'd even go far, so far as to say the best link-up striker they had last season in terms of being able to position yourself to receive the ball, turn and play a ball through. There's re- I think he had the most assists of all their strikers. He certainly had the highest assist rate of their strikers. Okay, that's good then. And, and, and the reason behind that was that, he, to be honest, he looked a really... He looked a complete striker in the making, to be honest. He's far from the finished article, but strong finish. It, I, there's only one sitter that I can think of that he missed. That was only ran clean through against Accrington. I think it was Accrington. might have been Oxford. Lobbed the keeper, but put it slightly wide. But, I mean, even then, it was great movement to get himself there. Here we go. Um, so, Maynard versus Telford. Minutes per shot, he is taking a shot. Well, Maynard's 35.5. Uh, minutes per shot, so roughly three shots a game. Telford's 46.7, so two shots a game sort of thing. So there's one of yours taking fewer shots per game. Uh, shots on target, 59%. Maynard, 64%. Telford's Telford taking the target more often. Doesn't necessarily tell you that much, depending on where they're shooting from. But conversion rate, 25% Maynard, 20% Telford. So it's not far away. It's more he's taking fewer shots and he's playing fewer minutes. Okay, so yeah, fair enough. So he is still getting very much in, in the right position. To take he still looks like a lead. very promising player. And if he becomes first, hell, Telford and Taylor, for example, could make a really good partnership. And by making Telford the focus rather than Maynard, he could go on to do what Maynard did. I, I you know, I wouldn't be too surprised if he did. He looked like a really accomplished yeah. finisher in some of those clips. He looked like he was really good at linking up the play. He made good runs. He positioned himself well. Oh god, it was so de- it was so depressing to watch. Thinking there's a team out there playing this well, and we had to sit and watch that for a season. And, <laughs> and ultimately, we're not going to have as many good strikers as Berry did. So if we do have Top Telford, he will probably start a lot more for us than he did for Berry, because we're not going to have Lavery and Maynard and all the others to rotate with. We're going to pretty much, if we if we do have Telford, due to having less options, he is realistically going to start a lot more league games, isn't he? On that basis. You would you would have thought so, yeah. But I th- I think we need as well as Telford another top striker. I I, I mean unless we're right. We were saying before. In fact, let's go on to Taylor because we we were chatting about this beforehand. So we said at the start at the top of the show that Lowe basically said that if Taylor listens and takes it all in, he can score twenty goals next season. For record, Taylor's never scored twenty goals. I think his top is twelve in a season. I thought he said it was twenty so earlier. Um, Luke. Yeah, uh, I did. Luke, I was Luke mistaken. One thing. I called you Luke. That's a mistake. That's a gaffe in itself. Yeah, Nick, Nick, anyway, said, yeah. Nick said twenty, and then I was very, very sceptical, so we searched it up. And you, you it was. There's, there's. If, if you search, there is a uh, compilation video out there from his time at Rotherham. And what I was doing was mistakenly assuming those were all in one season, but oh. a couple that I knew were a separate season. Basically, I thought that he'd only been there like three years rather than five. Fair but anyhow, enough. yes, you're right. I was mistaken about that. Nevertheless, Taylor 20 goals. What we were saying is, um, if you go back and watch a lot of these goals, most of them, particularly for Maynard and for Telford, you know, we're talking about just finishes inside within eight yards of goal, even within six yards of goal. You know, and t- Taylor's not too bad. It's particularly from crosses, he's not too bad at positioning himself to get a shot in. So it's not unfeasible that he can start converting some of these chances. Because if we start, if we play like Barry did last season, then the chances will fall for the strikers. I think it's quite, it's quite um, 
we we probably will play like Barry next season. I imagine so. The amount, the amount of... I mean, if we're, if we're able to pull off, yeah. Well, the thing is, why? Well, well, I was going to bring this up earlier on, on a bit of a side note. It's like at the moment we're talking more about Barry than we are about Argyle. It's it's crazy how I know. Obviously, they've had their troubles, and we seem to have pinched their manager, half their staff, and now we've made our way onto the playing staff. But I I imagine it's going to be very similar to what Barry did last season, probably with a little bit less quality in the squad. I'd be grateful if it is only a little bit less quality in the squad. Because I think at the moment we're quite some way off what their squad was, really. I mean, quite a significant way off. And we are... I'm not getting in the mode of panic yet because I think Lowe, another thing that Lowe's very clearly said in these press conferences, he needs to be looking for the right players. He's kind of said he could bring in more players that aren't so suited, but he's being picky, which is a good thing because he's waiting for the right players to suit his style. But that being said, it's, you know... We we do still need to get bodies in. We are we are a little bit behind in where we want to be in terms of signing players. I think when Lowe was appointed on June the fourth, I don't think anybody thought we'd be sitting here on July the eighth having only signed three players. And so that is a not a and, w- and not just that, but having lost so many since. Exactly. So it's not as such a panic, but it's a bit of a concern. And we do need to at least get three or four more bodies in before we go off to Spain, I think, if not more. So and ultimately, yeah, it's all very well saying Lowe's got all this potential. Yeah, Danny Mayer's a great player. Ameson and Edwards are probably going to be good players for us also. But unless we get the sheer number of bodies in the squad up, then ultimately we're not going to have anything like the season Barry had because they had so much quality and they rotated such a lot. We, are we sad to see Are we sad to see Ladapo go or are we, are we happy with the 500,000? Uh, I mean, you can't turn that money down. We can't turn that money down now. Yeah, for Ladapo, that I mean, I pretty think virtually every Argyle fan was in unison in saying that you know you had some different variant of you know how good Ladapo was, but I think everyone agreed that he was not worth anywhere near that three hundred probably in terms of potential, in terms of length of contract, in terms of role in the team. Three hundred would have been tops for me. I, I mean, I think Argyle even said you can't turn that money down. Yeah. I I, it is a shame because I think in League Two, particularly in a low style, he could have been a really fantastic goal scorer. And his goal oh, would have, have taken him to get up, 30. But... For, for Lowe, yeah. looking at how he played last season and looking at how many chances there are, I would have backed him for 30, no doubt. Oh, see, when you say it like that, maybe it's not such a good idea because 30 could, be, it could easily be the difference between sixth and about third. So I think, yeah, it is a great sum of money, but. Yeah, but then you've got to know, <laughs> but then the question you have to ask is how many fewer goals are we going to. It's not like we lose those 30 goals. I'm saying, you know, how many fewer goals are we scoring? Say, say Taylor starts. Well, if ta- Why, okay, so say, say, no, say it's Telford. Say it's Telford versus yeah. Ladapo. Telford goes on to score 20. Maybe you've lost 10 goals. And don't forget, that's just a prediction. You know, I, 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 well, I don't bet, but should I bet, I would have put money on him getting 30 because it would have been good odds and I would have felt reasonably secure that there was a strong chance he would have done it. Yeah, he could have been injured. Could have got injured, like, week of, the week after... He uh, joined Rotherham, sort of thing. You never know. Yeah, you never know exactly. But I, I think he could. Obviously, as long as he's not going to be used to target man, which I don't really think he will. I think there's every chance he'll probably get another sort of fifteen to twenty for Rotherham in all competitions if he's been used in the best role. I think going back to what we said at the start of the podcast, it is a, it is an absolute brand brand new era. Has there ever been a new season where it's been so much of a new era? Obviously, one of the main obvious ones was when we had Adams coming in. With obviously, he he brought a trail of new signings in his wake, didn't he? And that all felt very. But at the fresh. same time, he bi- he built yeah. on what was left. Yeah, there was an yes. actual structure left over. You look at that: McCormick, yeah. Nelson, Meller, McHugh, Hartley. Hartley. 
Yeah, all the, read. All the remaining players we have now are players that, yeah. to an extent, struggled in League One last season and didn't play as much. You know, Isasevich obviously played, but he's probably going to find himself in a different role this year. Um, Canavan, to me, wasn't a, a, a good option in League One, but will be, again, we should likely be starting in League Two. Um, Joel Grant started very well. Didn't play the, for the for the whole season because of injury. Again, like there is, there are going to be very few. As we said at the beginning of the podcast, there's very few players that were regular yeah. last year that are going to be, you know, starting this year. Yeah, and that that yeah, you're right. That 2015 was was so different at the time, but now that's going to look like nothing compared to how different this summer's going to be. And not just that. I mean, we're looking at first summer with Hallett, right? That was nowhere near our first summer with you know Brent. We're looking yeah. at new new. Um, a uh, new grandstand didn't have that with Brent. We're looking at totally new background back team staff. We've got yeah. in a new data analyst. We've got a new fitness. You know, we've even got rid of all the Ian Rossborough. May on, well yeah. get a new first team first team scout. So it it is completely new new Argar really, and it, it's almost everything is going to be overwhelmingly different. And we've never really had a summer like that in a long time, have we? I I mean I've. I mean, we're going to be going back to times where before you know football was such a commercialised institution. You're going to be looking back in like the 90s for the last time. There's so much change because you know yeah. until what go back 15 years and how much of this stuff would have mattered have been manager, chairman, assistant, and team. But now we're looking at all the extra stuff that comes along. It, it's quite um, exciting in a way, baggage. really, isn't it? When you look yeah, at it, it is. If everything's so fresh and new, it's going to be taking a while to get used to it all, really. But we just need some new signings now to make it really exciting. Because I'm still a little bit, not massively, I'm still a little bit worried we have only got three. We're kind of going around in circles a bit. Sam's been worried the whole time. Oh, God. Listen, Sam's been whinging so much. No, I've I've, I've, I've It's unbearable how much he's been complaining about lack of signings. I've really not been complaining about lack of signings, but I I just feel now... Sam would rather a 2016-17 season where we make lots of bad signings than one where you wait patiently for a few, you know, golden signings. I I know what you're saying, but I I do feel there might come the point just soon where if he can't get the absolute perfect player, he might need to start taking a couple more gambles. But maybe we're not there yet, but I think we're kind of at that point soon. Because gambles can still very much come good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... I mean, in in terms of in terms of players rumored, obviously Telford. We're hoping that he closes that. Cause that looks like a he's a very player in the company. He's going to know what he's doing already. In particular, it'll be important to have to take one of their strikers, yeah, like Telford for example, so he can transplant straight into the team. So we don't have to worry about two new strikers getting used to it. It's only one you know has to pair with him. We'll also we'll also have a player in each in each kind of line. You'll have someone on the back line. You'll have Danny Mayer in the middle and mm. someone at the top in each kind of. So Ameson, obviously. Did I, who did I say? Did I say someone else? You said someone. Oh, someone. Well, yeah. Sorry, I meant Ameson. Um, well, you'll have someone in each in each different uh, you know yeah. defensive field and attack that knows what they're doing from previous years. And I think obviously because I know the defenders obviously do a lot of work together and stuff like that, and they do have that little you know group stuff. It's going to be useful to have a, a berry player in each one of them, just so you know it, it gets drilled into everyone what the system is going to be like. I mean, Ryan Lowe's made a very, very, very big deal about if you don't buy into it, you're out. And um, having players that know it well should help to get the other players into it as well. Yeah. Cause, I mean, uh, aside from that, obviously, Sam Smith was linked with the club today from... I- I'm actually not sure... I haven't read the transfer centre yet. I- I'm not sure how I'd actually ranked the uh, uh, the source, but the source at least didn't seem 
you know, totally bogus. Um, yeah, Nick, I, 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 having looked now at the transfer centre whilst we've been talking, uh, I think the idea that it might be a real person who has the contacts or two, I think you might want to read it and uh, reassess that. Is it not? Oh, that's a Just shame. Just have, have a little read of it and, and you'll see exactly <laughs> what I mean. This is going to be interesting. Let's have a look. Go on, read it out. Read it aloud. On the face of it, this is the sort of player we'd expect Lowe to be after. Much was expected of Smith when he signed for Oxford on Lowe last season when he failed to deliver. Never regular in the starting lineup. blah 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 but we'll skip that. So anyway, he said, um, Adam, first paragraph is basically it could happen. Second paragraph. Yep. Don't get excited, however. Whilst the move makes sense... Yeah, but to be, rumor... sorry, sorry, quickly. Adam literally says that about all of them. And to be fair, you can understand why he does. Uh, because... well, well, on this occasion, he's very much got reason God, to God, God, God. Whilst I'm the move makes sense, this. the rumour falls apart when we analyse the source. Ed Ratchford <laughs> claims to be a former journalist <laughs> at, a, at a major newspaper, though it seems odd the paper in itself isn't mentioned. It's almost... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost as if oh it, it gets better it gets better it's almost as if this isn't a factual claim and Ratchford doesn't want people looking up information to falsify it but perhaps the aspect, <laughs> oh it gets better perhaps the aspect of the account that truly discredits it is the profile picture taking from New Zealand or Warwick J Allen's research state page <laughs> rather than being a picture of Ratchford himself Fantastic. Oh, okay, I'll take it all back. Yeah, no, I'll take it all no, back. Definitely not a reliable person at all. Nick. Rumor rating one star. It, rumor rating oh, one star, exactly. Deary yeah. me. Okay, right, no Sam Smith then. He's got more chance of getting Dave Kitson in instead of him. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, to be fair, we could actually still, uh, you know, I'm sure they do want to actually loan him out, so. But at the same time, yeah, okay, take that one back. Withdraw yeah. that immediately. I'm, let's I'm, let's, see, let's see if that makes I mean, it into it, the end it, of the I mean, podcast. It, it could happen, but it would be purely a purely lucky guess, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, exactly. In theory, it could still happen, but there's no there's now no reason to believe it. Put it that way. <laughs> Should have read that before. Good, good job, Adam. Does research that. for the transfer centre, really, isn't it? Rather yeah. than you, Nick. <laughs> hey, I do most of. Oh, I do a fair chunk of that research. <laughs> One time I don't, and I'm stupidly mention it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was just reading that and laughing away to myself here, and you said it seemed quite reliable, but yeah. I knew I should have read it first. Anyhow, um. Cut that out, cut that out, editor. Definitely, <laughs> definitely don't cut that out. <laughs> we'll see if it makes it in. We'll see. Um, oh dear. People seem to want, um, on the, on the subject of loans, people are constantly, um, Thinking that oh, Ryan Lowe should go speak to his mate Stephen Gerrard and get some players from Rangers, but I mean, Rochester's gone to Fleetwood today or going to Fleetwood. Yeah, he's I, gone on loan. I don't see. I don't see any of them happening. Wait, who did you say, Sam? Oh, is that like, not is that not how you pronounce it? What did you say? Rochester. Is that not how you say it? Oh, it was Rochester. I no, I thought you. Oh. I totally misheard what you said. I thought you were. I thought you were picking up an opening. Who said Tilford? I I totally misheard you. How does Rochester was... sound like Tilford? Clearly, was not paying attention. I'll hold Clearly. my hands up to that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Contemplating the legitimacy of the source. <laughs> Who's going to the Truro game tomorrow? I don't know. Me and Louis both are. Um, you going, Nick? Colin is. Being that I live in London, no. I didn't know if you were back in Plymouth or whatever. I know you are for Saturday, I'm, but I'm back for were. Parkway and Truro. Uh, Truro, Torquay. Parkway and Torquay, yeah. I knew you were back sometime around if I didn't know exactly yeah. when, but yeah, fair enough. So we shall, uh, well, me and Louis are both going. We can. Uh, we shall be giving our obviously uh, match report on the next podcast. I am. I am quite excited for all, for all my little for all the little discussion we had earlier about do we need to worry about signing players. Ultimately, we you know I am starting to get a little on the concern side. 
ultimately it does still feel very fresh, very exciting, and I'm very confident Ryan Nose is going to be the right man long term. And just being back watching the game again, the fact it's been over two months since that that Scunthorpe game, it's been longer than I can possibly remember since I actually enjoyed watching Argon on a regular basis. It was, you know, probably the <laughs> tail end tail end of the 2017-18 season was the last time. So I'm, I wasn't as I. I enjoyed Coventry home because it was a great turnaround and Lemiras getting two against his old club. And I enjoyed... He enjoyed Oxford. I enjoyed Oxford because we played well, but the other games, not so not so much, really. And Oxford, didn't you Ox- go to Southend? No, I didn't go to Southend. I, Nick, okay. I, you, you, you've clearly not heard, but I feel now the listeners have to hear my away record over the past... Um, oh, over yeah, the past, of course. I have, I have seen... You went Oxford away. I went Oxford. My last time I saw us win away was Oxford away, 17th of February 2018. Since that the 1-0. time... Yeah, yeah. Since that time, I have missed about 10 or 11 away games, including all of our wins and a couple of our draws. Out of my so last... what's your away... Go on. What, what so... are the games you've seen? Okay, so, I've... so since that Oxford game, Fleetwood away, draw. Charlton away, defeat. North, um, Northampton away, uh, defeat. Oh, that was bad. That was that bad. That was a shocking performance, yeah. Rochdale oh, away, draw, days. and a, not a great performance. Um, Scunthorpe away, d- bad defeat. Dreadful, Gilligan, dreadful yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. A good good 15-minute spell, start of the second half, not much else at all. Gillingham away, very, very bad defeat and bad performance. So that's on, what, two draws, four defeats. And then I went to Warsaw, defeat. Coventry, defeat. Uh, Bristol Rovers, draw. And then it was Barnsley, draw. So I think that puts me on four draws, six defeats. And then, and then comes the Oxford really away. Oxford. Well, then comes the really quite incredible run of shocking games, which was Oxford two 0 Could have been a lot more. <laughs> I remember another one. You went to was Luton. Luton five one. Shrewsbury two 0 and quite an uninspired performance. Uh, and then we're looking at I think well, I didn't go to any in December. I missed Wimbledon. I missed Burton. So then we're, I didn't miss Southend. Then we're looking at Wickham, Wickham 1-0, yeah. and a really oh, quite turgid performance. That was a horrible um, day. I made a last-minute call not to go to that. I was too busy, yeah. I had to decide, and I couldn't make it. And what a fantastic decision. Yeah, what a great I don't, I don't really remember much of the game, and I'm really glad about it. I missed, P- I missed Peterborough, because I was in Poland. Um... I missed Peterborough for that one, and we will be one. And I then I then I went to Bradford. Okay, we got a draw, but it was a shocking, shocking performance. Like one um, shot, one yeah. shot. They hit the post. Bradford, it was like from twenty-five yards. They hit the post, and that hit was the it. Post, yeah, and that was a dreadful performance. Then I went to um, Sunderland and Fleetwood. Oh, they were actually two of the better ones in that run, which really <laughs> says, says a says, lot. Which really says a lot, exactly, because they were not good performances by any means. And then I missed the Blackpool game, which, you know, we didn't win, but at least it was a decent performance and a draw. I missed the Blackpool game. And then I went to Doncaster away and second half was all right. First half was absolutely dreadful. And then, and then, of course, came Accrington. The most horrible away game in a very, very long time. 5-0, um, 5-1, sorry, 5-1 defeat, pouring down the rain. Horrible, nasty atmosphere the whole way through. World's most annoying man stood in front of me all game. Uh, hello, if you listen to that. Go on, just, sorry, <laughs> describe, go on, describe the world's most annoying man. Well, was it me? No, no, no. Well, 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 we, we all, we, I think I can hear him. I think I can hear him None of us on this podcast are... Great lovers of Matt Macy, but this guy was a really obnoxious. Obviously, given out, you know what Akron is like, how near the fans are to the pitch. Hold on, hold uh, on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Take it back. I You're like a lover Matt of Matt Macy. Mate, <laughs> you, you, you thought he was the best. You thought he was better than Remy Matthews, better than Luke McCormick, better than Kelly Roos. At uh, one point, maybe, <laughs> not anymore. But anyway, this this guy was, was really 
like absolutely drunk out of his head, like probably mid 40s, very, very loudly obnoxious to Macy all game. And you know what the background is like, you're right down by the players. It was literally Macy, you're this, you're that, effing blinding, so obviously loudly when everyone else went quiet. Um, really stupid comments all game. Um, just, just. It, Obviously, absolutely off his face, and he's just the most unbearably annoying person to sit next to, especially with all the other annoying things going on that day. I feel I should add, just wrapping up my awful away record, that in that last nine games, obviously, my I saw the two draws in a row against Rovers and Barnsley. In the nine games after that, I saw one draw, eight defeats, and two goals. Both of those goals were consolation goals. We were already 5-1 down. One was and an one, own goal. And one one was an own goal, exactly, yeah. So it was um Jesus I dire. really have got to start seeing in a way when I would be a great place uh, to start would be crew away on the on the opening day. I'd just like to add, um, while my record might not be as bad as Sam's, because I don't go to as many away games as Sam. I haven't seen us win since uh I believe October two thousand and seventeen, away from home. Um and I thought going to Gillingham away at the end of uh the previous season, uh Sam decided not to come with us. And I thought, oh, maybe maybe I'll break my curse if Sam wasn't here. <laughs> and I was like, first first half, we played really well, bundle up. And then we decided to just go and concede three goals in one of the most horrific fashions. Um, and, and even that was one of the better performances, which, again, said so much about the rest. I mean, so I'm also just thinking that when you're looking at our actual away wins since the Oxford one, yeah, Scunthorpe, good performance. Rochdale, comical own goal. You know, hilarious own goal. You've got Southend, you know, good performance. Peterborough, Brad Carr changed the game. Not a no, bad no, but that, but that, that was totally predicated on Lee Tomlin signed to slap um, uh, Ryan Edwards in the face at halftime. Yes, well, true. Because, I mean, let's put it this way they were totally on top and we had nothing. They got a man set off and we dominated the second half. And then, and then Bristol City in the cup as well. Yeah, City in the cup, that's it. Yeah, so I missed all of them, and I and I missed a few of the draws as well. I think I missed obviously the Blackpool draw and a couple of others, like and the Burton draw, the one-one. So, and pretty much out of most of the games we didn't lose, I missed, and I went to I think all of the losses bar Wimbledon away. <laughs> so yeah, my record was absolute and Gillingham away. My record was absolutely terrible, and I've got to turn it around a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so looking Sam, forward to which a which way game you going to tomorrow. Oh, well, I'm going to Truro away tomorrow. Surely that can't count. If we lose, if we don't beat Truro, then then not only will Sam be really annoyed, but on top of that, we'll have to put up with his whinging for another, like, until Parkway, basically. And I'm I'm pretty sure that Paul uh, Paul Warren will never, ever, 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 ever let us forget it. If we we lose to his Truro team, uh, I think that's going to be... Oh, don't. (laughs) <laughs> oh, don't even say that, please. please he's he's he's, that. he's he's gonna like I can just I can just see him now sprinting down the foot line of the fans, shushing us. Thank you know, God, Tyler be... Harvey has left Truro. Imagine Harvey <laughs> scoring, Jamie Richards scoring, you know, Lewis Rooney scoring. All the you know, all the ex youth just you know getting in on it. All right, look, this is veered wildly off topic. It's going to be sliced to pieces in editing, but this this has been our first podcast of the season. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, oh, let's let's hope next time I'm speaking to you. It's after three resounding successes of preseason friendlies. You know, about four or five more signings. They're about to jet off to Spain. We'll be in touch next. I think where the next podcast is going to be podcast is going to be after the Torquay game, so we'll probably be out Thursday or Friday. Next Thursday or Friday, that is. 
um, and we'll be reviewing those. We'll have uh, we'll have seen all three of them collectively, and we'll let you know all about those. Um, so until then, thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.